episode 144 of the HHH Racing Podcast is sponsored by the Adelphi Racing Club. Adelphi is a racing club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being a part of something bigger than themselves. It's a true community. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses in other partnerships and syndicates, as well as their own. The overarching goal with Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, but with the thrill of the partnership experience. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to other partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, and other members of the team. Enjoy tonight's show and join the Adelphi Racing Club. And now, let's start episode 144 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good evening, this is your host Howard Kravitz and welcome to episode 144 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. We've got a fantastic show covering the All Stakes Late Pick 5 on Saturday at Churchill Downs. I have a few very important announcements and things to uh, mention. First of all, I sent out a survey um, to a lot of people and I appreciate your response. We're going to make some minor changes here on the show. I hope you... Um, enjoy them. First of all, I don't know if you can see, I've got some merch. The merch is out. HHH Racing Podcast. There you go. So we're going to start some merch going. Um, we're going to make sure that the show, you know, tries to go at, at most an hour and 15 minutes. I fully realize, especially the next two weeks, we've, we're, uh, we've got NBA basketball playoffs and NHL playoffs. But listen, all you got to do, if you want to watch that, go ahead and put the TV on. You can certainly watch the shows, but turn the volume off on the TV and have the HHH Racing Podcast on your iPad or your phone or whatever and take notes. So you could do both things, no problem. But we are going to try to shorten the show just a little bit. And also with our guest speakers, we'll shorten a little bit the time that we talk with them and jump right into the handicapping. Just want to mention that. Now, next week, is everyone ready? Because next week, this podcast is going to be fire as the kids like to say let me show you what's happening uh next week for belmont week i really hope you are going to enjoy what you're about to see here next week on this show i would challenge anyone any podcast in the country whether it be on radio whether it be on youtube whatever to match this lineup for belmont stakes next week all times eight o'clock first of all this monday we're going to have, that's right, Hall of Fame jockey Lafitte Pinkai Jr. on the show with Philip Gleaves, former trainer. And we're just going to go down memory memory lane and talk about the Belmont Stakes winning streak that trainer Woody Stevens had in the early 80s. Unbelievable. We are so honored to have both these gentlemen on the show next Monday. Then, next Wednesday, we're going to have David Aragona, the morning line maker for Naira, He's going to take us through in detail handicapping and previewing the fantastic card on Friday. That's a week from tomorrow as we're uh, filming this now. A week from tomorrow, the day before the Belmont, five graded 
stake races, and the late pick five. And then the plan as of right now, and it's a bit tentative. I just want to let everyone know, a bit tentative. I am flying into New York uh, next, a week from tonight. I will be live uh, in New York at uh, the Belmont Stakes for my first Triple Crown race ever. I'm really excited for that. But Thursday night from my hotel room in New York, we're going to have the big A. Anthony Stabile, that is the plan. Uh, simulcast host for Naira to go through Belmont Stakes Day, of course, both my co-hosts will be there for both days. Are you ready for this, folks? Nine graded stake races? Are you kidding me? Eight grade ones? I mean, it's basically a Breeders' Cup in the summer. And, of course, we're going to talk about the late pick five and the Belmont Stakes. I'm going to do the best I can to bring all of you the best information, the best guests possible. And not only that, after Belmont Stakes, that next week is Ascot Week, Royal Ascot Meeting. And guess who's going to be back for that? That's right. Our buddy Davey Lane from the UK will be there and hopefully some other special guests, including possibly, are you ready for this? Nick Luck will be here, hopefully, cross our fingers, on the HHH Racing Podcast. I try to bring you the best guests possible. Please tell your friends about the show and spread the word because I believe that we do an excellent job bringing you the great information that we do. All right, let's get on to my co-host very quickly, and then we'll bring out our guest, and then we'll get pretty much right into the handicapping. Let's bring him on right now. They're waiting patiently from the East Coast, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing tonight? What's up, gentlemen? Paul, you got your microphone off. It's a tradition now, Paul, that he has he's muted before the show. There you go, Paul. How you never know what's going on around here, Howard. So. Hey, Howard. Not- hey, Howard. Somebody wants to give a wave real quick before Oh, yeah, let's see. It's- let's Hey, there he is. We we got to introduce him, Pete. Who's this? Hold on. This is uh this is Jackson, my son. He was um he got a shout out last week because I, I missed the podcast because he was in a show. So he got a shout out. So I said you could pop on and show your face. And and the only thing is since I'm on the headphones, he can't he can't talk well, in. I'd have to unplug. Jackson can hear me though, right? Jackson, you can hear me, buddy? Hold on, let me say, hold on. Okay, okay hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Jackson, you can hear me, right? So, Jackson, first of all, welcome to the show, buddy. Great to see you. How you doing? I'm Howard. I, I went on to your YouTube channel. You are amazing. Thank you. You're, you're going to be like a future superstar. I, 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 movies. You like Spider-Man, right, buddy? Yeah. Okay, you are awesome. Anytime you want, you ask dad, mom, whatever, anytime you want, you can come on the show and say hello and maybe give us some horses to bet on because I hear you're real good at picking horses, too. Hey, uh, what was it? Double fireball on my 50th birthday, Paul. I don't know if you remember this. On my 50th birthday, we had a party at Laurel Park, and he was giving out horses, and he picked a – it was like a 20-to-1 shot that I hit. My dad is my dad was mad because he's like, that's the only horse he didn't tell me, the only winner he had we had of the day, and it came up the rail beautiful. And, he, you know, yeah, I sent a picture on Twitter of with course. him sitting at the window. You saw it. Anyway, awesome. ja- Jackson, it's great to have you. You're welcome on any time. We'll see you soon, okay, buddy? Nice to meet you. Bye-bye. See you, kiddo. Uh, G- Pete and Paul, as I said on Twitter, I think I t- actually I emailed you guys, children and pets, very welcome on the show, anytime. <laughs> maybe maybe our guest who's waiting patiently can can bring on uh, an animal at some point. I don't know what he what he's got. He's got some kids, too. Maybe they can make some guest appearance uh, sometime. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and, uh, and bring on our guest. Uh, we have fantastic – let me actually, real quick, let's see who we've got here. Jim Pilars. 
Uh, Jim, I will give updates on my Adelphi horses um, soon. I'm actually going to see one of them in New York. Michael Bryan is here. Michael, good evening. Uh, let's see, K2, K2. Uh, wow, the future of the sport. Thanks, K2. Appreciate it. Of course, Jackson is the future for sure. And, of course, Penn State Scott. How are we doing? How are you doing, Scott? All right, we got all the important people here plus a lot of other people. Let's bring on our guests, guys. We're going to talk about the uh, late pick five Churchill Downs on Saturday. It's all stakes. It's basically a preview for their Stephen Foster Day which is in a month from now. So there is some great stakes, and I have a guest who's been on before, ladies and gentlemen. I love the work he does. He's one of the hardest working people in the business. You've seen him on Fair. If you watch Fairgrounds, he was the uh, analyst for Fairgrounds and their simulcast feed, does a lot of other great things for Twin Spires. Let's bring him on from the great city of Kansas City, Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I'm doing doing fantastic. I love seeing uh, Pete and Paul. I haven't been on the show with you two before, so good to meet you guys. Uh, hey Kevin, looking forward to uh, ironing out a little bit of a, a winning card here for Saturday. So Kevin, real quick for people, like I said, we have a lot of new people that watch the show. We've we've exploded. Uh, can you tell very briefly, people who are not familiar with you, what you what you did at Fairgrounds and what you're currently doing right now? Yeah, so. I'm kind of new to the horse racing world. I got my first job in the industry just uh, with fairgrounds this past fall, doing um, publicity specialist, but yeah, on-air analysis uh, with Joe Christofik and doing bar notes, um, all sorts of different stuff around fairgrounds, which is is quite the place. If you haven't gone down, it's 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 the place to go for sure. I mean, all our racetracks are, uh, are sacred and uh, um, beautiful places, but the community there is fantastic. So definitely come on down and say hi to me when you do. And currently, you know, I'm back in Kansas City. They turn, My trainer turned me out for a little bit, so I'm away from the track and uh, doing some riding for Twin Spires Edge, doing some weekly columns about betting strategy and uh, covering Evangeline Downs, pick fives, um, riding for uh, Yard Barker, which is a neat um, sort of in general sports uh, website should check out that they're building up their horse racing portion of everything and doing some riding for horse racing nation as well. Man. And you've had some contest success as well. I want to tell people real quickly about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that you invited me for the uh, the show that includes a couple fours in there. I've got my, uh, my uh, legend began with picking all fours to get that NHC seat uh, back in 2019. That was a, uh, uh, bad news there, but uh, the next year I was able to get in and get 21st place in NHC. So that's great. And uh, struck out today in that um, horse players happy hour. Uh, just got one winner there, so didn't get ah. the seat there. That's a great thing. Well, you know, those mythical $2 pick and praise, you got to take some shots. I was busy with school. Actually, just, I put it on, on Twitter. Today was my last day for the school. You just finished 25 years of high school uh, teaching. So uh, thanks. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. I know my parents, God rest their souls. One of them was a, a teacher. Uh, my mom, she'd be very – well, they'd both be very proud of me, but especially my mother. So uh, quarter century, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I've got about eight more to go if I can last that long well, for, for a full pension. We'll see. Maybe I can Maybe I can win the BCBC and retire early. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, now, anyway. We'll, we'll like this. I've got uh, – I just found this. Um, somebody downstairs pulled this out of the classroom that uh, we used to teach at. And so I'm going to turn the right way. Got my old chalkboard that I oh, used nice. to teach, teach with. Wait, yeah. what's that? What, what's a chalkboard? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I couldn't pass it up. I missed the classroom, so I uh, got that in my uh, my office how, here. 
I still have colleagues that love the sound of not not the not the creaky sound, just the general sound of chalk against a chalkboard. I know I have some 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 veteran teachers that that still miss that. So uh, now now we're on iPads, right? Everything's digital. Uh, Kevin, we're, we're going to jump into the pick five. Uh, everyone, guys, we're jumping to the pick five. And as I mentioned, Kevin, before the uh, before I brought you on, this is basically a preview for Stephen Foster Day, correct? Which is in early July. Kevin, is that correct? Uh, you know, I haven't thought about that. Is that? I mean, that makes sense uh, as I'm thinking through some of those entries and some of these horses in here. Why I'm wondering they're sort of uh, not in the graded stakes. Uh, um, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. To me. I think that's how they're touting. I think some of these horses are going to come back. Uh, they're not going to be top choices in some of these races. Although there is one horse running in one of the races that, uh, is making his first start of the year. That could be an absolute monster. I'm sure some of you guys know what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. I have a very interesting, strong opinion on that horse. We'll talk about it later. I guys, let's jump... there. Yeah, guys, let's, let me get, take the banner off the screen here. Uh, we're going to jump in again. We're going to, we are absolutely going to end at the very latest nine 15, I'm going to stick to that. We might end at about 9 p.m. Um, I know there's what the NBA finals. Uh, I mean, they, their broadcast go, comes on at 8, but they, the game doesn't start until like 8.15. Who's but in again, the finals? Howard, who's in the finals? Um, some State. team. They were Nick green, West. I think. I don't know. The Leprechauns? Is that their name? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Celts, I know. Listen, don't if, if Tom Espinosa is watching, you better be careful because we might get in a little debate with his Warriors. Oh, I'm coming for him. Where is he? He better lock his doors. Uh-oh. I don't know if Tom, Tom might be working. Actually, I think he's working tonight uh, at near the stadium. But anyway, let's jump in, guys. I'm going to go ahead and show uh, this first race here. We'll jump right into the sequence again. This is the pick five at Churchill on Saturday. Those of you that are part of the podcast pool, um, the late pick five will be – the main play for the gold team for the podcast pool. Again, I know that many of you watching the show uh, know what I'm referring to. Some of you don't. Um, I'm also not going to bore you with all the promotions that we have on the show, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say that below the video player, if you click the show more button, you can find all about our great, I have three promotions right now. Highly recommend you go below the video player and check out the promotions by clicking the show more button. Guys, you're also going to see, as you know, you're all veterans of the show. Of course, my co-hosts are. Uh, we're going to see banners on the bottom of the screen for our picks. And I'm about to show the scroll right now. This is the first time they are seeing our picks. And um, we're going to go ahead and, Kevin, you're going to be first with our uh, order. And then we'll go Paul, Pete, and then myself, etc. The first race here, as you can see, I'm going to go full screen. First race, race seven. Uh, it's the Shawnee Stakes. This is uh, it starts at approximately 3.50, 3.50 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. It's for older fillies and mares. It's a short field of six. There's a huge morning on favorite here in Pauline's Pearl uh, for Saez and Asmussen. Three to five morning line. Kevin, that's who you're going with. Why don't you talk about this race just for a bit? Yeah, I mean, this, this race, if we could see it with all our picks, we're all on the same three horses it's one of those races that scares me a little bit from uh, diving into the pick five at, at first blank, but uh, it's also one that we can just get super skinny with and single. So, I mean, Pauline's Pearl just seems like the standout in here, but these this field does seem like there's some fillies in here that could take it, uh, you know, a step forward and could uh, maybe surprise. But I feel like the setup's really good here. I think there's some pace that Pauline's Pearl is going to be able to run into. I feel like uh, Saez up for this mount um, will make sense in terms of keeping. Her involved and that last win was impressive over she dares the devil 
Avis Grace and others. I think the form is there. I think it's just hard to deny Pauline's Pearl on top here. Yeah, I mean, she's in great form. Four-year-old is, is – she's very steady. I wouldn't say she's really improving, but she's very steady. Uh, you have Army Wife in second. We all have this horse. Actually, I'm just looking. All of us have this horse in second. Um, Kevin, how big a chance do you think this ha horse has to upset the favorite off the layoff here? Yeah, I kept on trying to convince myself to just uh, use Army Wife and uh, try to get squeeze some value out of here. Um, really last time broke well, we can see that, you know, running up close to the pace there, maybe not her preferred running style. So maybe that sort of cost her a little bit. Um, just looking at the trip notes I have, you know, fell back a little bit, had a lane squeeze by an outside horse beating to her spot, coming out of the turn, stopped trying as the winner pulled away by open links. So possibly Rosario just said, Hey, you know, let's just uh, save it for the next one. You know, we've seen some big efforts from, um, army wife before, Michael Makers has done a good job with this four-year-old. I think it's a little bit much to ask, um, but definitely a trainer who knows how to get a horse ready uh, in the mornings and Gaffleone up is always a, a good sign for sure. Yeah, I think she's actually a bit underrated. I mean, she had a real nice year last year. She won 534000 last year. Uh, she She's a nice horse. Uh, uh, Paul, let's go to you here. I We can talk about this. I, actually, I'll tell you what. Why don't we wait for me to talk about the six because I have a – crazy pun intended opinion in, in this race um <laughs> paul did you want to add anything to uh, what kevin said about the two top choices here for you and for all of us yeah, most of it. yeah not really you know you always as kevin said you're always looking for a way to beat the favorite but you know the the one looks like a real outsider you know i i tried to pick the two um because i do think there's going to be even for a short field uh, and, and i think kevin referenced it i do think there's going to be a pretty good pace in this race i tried to i tried to tell myself to pick the two and then you know i'm looking at Pauline's pearl drubbing her the last two races yeah um you know ava's grace i i, I don't think that the, the the race flow and the distance work for her in this race so you know uh, and and army wife uh, you know as you said, uh, going to be should be right there. I think that I don't think she's going to be right on the pace this time. Uh, but it, it, I'm just looking at the trip that Pauline's Pearl should get, yeah. which is maybe sitting like third off the pace and getting first yeah. run. And I just think she's going to be hard to beat. So I didn't. I stopped trying to beat the favorite, and I took her. Paul, I'm glad you mentioned the the pace because I think there's definitely pay. I mean, temper time has to go. I, I don't know what Santana's going to do. I don't know the plan, but she's got early speed and the rail. You think she's going to go. Ava's grace has to go, at least to have the best shot. Army wife off the layoff, uh, we don't know, but it's not slow, but she's fresh. Um, Pete, did you want to add anything before I talk about the six? No, I sort of mirror everything Kevin okay. and Paul said. I mean, the only thing with Ava's grace is because she's seven to two and Paul touched on her a bit. The only reason I, I didn't sort of pick her, I, I don't, you don't like her that much, but also it just feels like Pauline's Pearl is better. So no point in having the top two choices when you think one is just better. So you stick yeah. with the, you stick with the one over the other. Yeah. So, so guys, I'm going <laughs> to, I, let me, let me put all of us on screen. I'm, I'm going to flat out admit on this show um, I, I have some little strange opinions. I'm, I'm going against the grain tonight. And people that watch this show know I am not afraid to go with chalk. I have no problem with playing chalk. Um, but I have some opinions that I think are interesting. And I just want to push back on the knucklehead on Twitter who told me that uh, Ocean Road couldn't win the last race at, at Santa Anita 
uh, on, on, on Monday because she was too slow. And then she blew by the field at five to one and knocked a lot of people uh, out of the pick six, not me and not my podcast pool players. But I think we all try to find horses that are a bit out of the box. I think crazy beautiful is interesting, interesting guys. And I won't talk very long, but let me just say a few things about this horse and I'll put, I'll go full screen. First of all, I agree with Paul. I think there's a decent amount of pace in this race. I don't know if it's going to develop. I think there's pace. When you look at Crazy Beautiful, is she a little slower? Yes. But she does have some numbers, you know, races that are good enough. I mean, how much slower is she really? And there's two angles I like about this horse a lot. Number one is I think she is best off the lead. And I think she's going to get pace to close into. And number two, take a look at her Churchill record. She's had three times she's raced at Churchill. Uh, and you see two of them on the screen. Her... One of her best buyer figs was at Churchill, actually up close to a fast pace last October. The other race before that was the Kentucky Oaks, where she was wide and had bothered and had absolutely no shot at all. And you're wondering, where's the third race, right? Well, if you go down, it's not on these PPs, but if you go down and look at her other start at Churchill, it was her third start ever in the Pocahontas, and she ran a very good second. So I think she likes this track. So my angle here is I'm trying to, go with a fuzzy. I think there's some pace. I think I don't think she's that far off. And I'm not going to show the Pauline's Pearl replay, guys, but she got an absolutely perfect trip last time. Now, I know what some people are going to say. Howard, she's going to get another perfect trip. She might. But I don't think she can run any better than she did last time. And I'm expecting a bit of a regression. Not for any particular reason other than she ran big last time with a perfect trip. And if she runs like a 92-93... How far is Crazy Beautiful really off that at her best? I don't know, guys. Maybe Crazy Beautiful is not good enough. I'm going 6-4-5. I think Army Wife is interesting. I will readily admit that Pauline's Pearl is completely the horse to beat. And I look, might look like a fool on Saturday. I'm using all three. I don't know. Kevin, I'll let you have the final say. Is that a ridiculous thought that Crazy Beautiful can maybe upset this field? No, I love it. I, mean, I saw that she's five for nine at this distance. It always appeals to me, right? I think that especially when you're trying to find a price, a horse that really fits and runs their best race at this distance, you know, five out of seven wins there. The thing that gives me the pause, though, is with the four-year-old season, just really seeing a regression with the speed figures. So yeah. also seeing some better um, races come with the right setup, you know, or on a different surface, um, whether it's a pace setup or uh, or whatever it might be, so th- those are those are my pauses that that kept me from uh, I, trying to take a swing. But I, but I see what you're saying. I try to work it out too. I, I didn't see these works. These looks. These works again. You know. You know. Times are times, Kevin. These works are very good. I I just have a feeling that Churchill's her best service, and maybe she's going to fire. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's go. And let's go on the next. Value. Yeah, for sure. Let's go on the next race, guys. And we're gonna have uh, Paul's going to talk here first in the next race. Uh, let me go ahead and switch some buttons here. Ba ba ba. Again, all these, I believe all these six are 200,000. I have to look at the purse. I think every one of them is 200,000. Guys, I got to say that I had a little bit of a tough time going through this race right from the start. When I saw the name of this race, which is called yeah. the Arlington Stakes. Yeah. I, I don't, listen, I'm, we're not gonna, I'm not going to say anything more. I just got a little bit of a queasy feeling in my stomach. It I, feels wrong. Great, it feels wrong. Yeah, it really does, Kevin. It's a great three. This is for uh, older males. They're going on mile 16th on the turf. It's another short field. Now, there are there are some bigger fields later in case, you know, you viewers and listeners are starting to already be disappointed because you don't like smaller fields. There's, bigger fields are coming. It's a field of six. The morning line uh, favorite is the number five field pass for Maker 
and Santana. And when you say our picks, Paul, that's who you're going with here. Yeah, it's, it's a truck eating truck uh, two races in a row. And uh, I, I'd say something about the name of the race, Howard. Why don't they call it the We Are a Disgrace race? Oh, sorry. Wow. Um, oh, that's uh, okay. I'll we, mute that part. Wait, is, Kevin, is Kevin's a CDI? Is Kevin still on the air? Okay. All right, go on. The We, the we Close yeah. Racetracks thing. Uh, anyway. Um, um, we're edgy. Yeah, Kevin, we, we've become edgy on this show. We're, we're not very much. Yeah. yeah ahead, I've been muted before. I can mute myself. Um, you know, again, how it's short field. Uh, the one horse looks like he's got some ability, but, you know, it's a 15-month layoff, although Brian Lynch is pretty good off the layoff. Uh I, I kind of like the four in the race because I think his running style is going to fit, but I think he's – I just think he's uh, going to be uh, over bet. I think the five is in pretty good form. That last, last race last time, I know it wasn't a killer field. It was at Laurel and in Pete's neighborhood, and um, he, he doesn't look that good on paper. I watched it earlier tonight. I think it was a little better than it looks uh, obviously, he was way over his head uh, in the Pegasus with the with Colonel Liam, but um, yeah, I, I think Maker uh, Turf uh, distance fits. I think the race flow fits. I think he's going to be right off it, and I'm uh, I'm going to need Chalk two for two. Although I will have other horses on my ticket, but I do have the favorite here. Uh, sadly, yeah, I, I think he's very. You know, the the Laurel Turf uh, can be. I mean, it's a it's a the, the, the grass is fine. There's nothing wrong with the course, but some of them fire. Sometimes they don't, you know, I, I think that was this horse's first run over. Maybe it was the layoff. Maybe he didn't like it, whatever uh, you're going with the sixth grace fable who to me, Paul looks like he has one way to go. If he's going to win, he is also, I don't mean to steal your thunder because I'm sure you'd mention it as an expert handicapper, but this is also another Brian Lynch horse. You figure this one's going to go and the one's going to close, right? Paul? Yeah, I, and especially with this one, even in a short field, you know, this one outside, far outside, I, I would think, uh, you know, you think he's going to go, but although Leperu did go wire to wire on a uh, uh, on a turf uh, uh, turf race today, and oh, I just hit the late pick three at Churchill Downs. I take back everything I said. Um, oh, nice. It just ended, right? <laughs> Congratulations. Nice for you. I think they showed the nine and six. I hope it was nine, nine. to those one. Two horses. Is nice. <laughs> those are the two horses I had alive. Um, anyway, uh, Howard, to you, uh, you know, Leperu <laughs> did go wire to wire in a turf race today. But, you know, whenever whenever I hear uh, has to go in Leperu, and I, I get a little queasy to, to use <laughs> your term, Howard. But yeah. I do think with Brian Lynch uh, that you, you brought up a good point, Howard, with Brian being the trainer of both of them, it certainly looks like the one – as one way to go. And that's from way behind, especially coming off the layoff. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, but I, 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 and I think the five could just follow the six right around. Okay. Kevin, I'm going to have you go second because, uh, Pete and I have a similar idea in this race. Uh, you are Kevin going with the, the three who is 12 to one morning line. I'm not sure we're going to get that. Like the King for Mark Cassie second star off the layoff. This is an interesting horse for Saez. Yeah, 12 to 1. I mean, definitely trying to find prices after uh, having two singles that seem to be uh, odds on. Um, like the King, a little bit of a tough trip last time, was uh, in pretty good position coming around the turn and um, just uh, was blocked by some horses and was not able to uh, get around them and get that full Let's run. Let's take a there. look. I'll, I'll see if I can get to the spot. I wasn't prepared, but maybe you can. No, uh, yeah. It, if you just get into one, that second one, turn. Right? 
uh, Light the King is the one. Yeah, go ahead if you want to walk through the replay here. Yeah, on the rail here, you can see tipping out and uh, he's looking for room. And you can see almost has it here and almost gets feet to the spot and can't quite, you know, has that horse come out, can't quite get into that full run there um, that I would like to see. We can see it get yeah. a little bit tighter there. Yeah. And possibly we can still see some interest here at the end, passing some horses, which I like to see. I think without such a sort of claustrophobic situation there at the end, we could see something better. We've got a shorter field. It shouldn't be so tight. I like the fact that we've seen improvement from this horse. I like that fact that 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 uh, Pratt got on last time and uh, and gave it the best shot. It was a weaker field there, but second off the layoff, Sayas gets up here. I think we might be a little bit more involved like we've seen in the past after a little bit of a slow start there. It did set up for the closers in terms of pace, which was the uh, the, the the trip that Like the King was getting. But I do feel like we might be able to have a situation here where uh, we can get a better setup and uh, definitely get a price. Uh, but to be honest with you, I mean, Field Pass was my pick when I uh, went through this uh, before I saw the morning lines. And I just didn't know, you know, where we were going to be at and seeing the favorite there. It's like, ah, I got to get a little yeah. bit more creative here if I want to play this pick five. So I will use Field Pass for sure. Definitely want to use Gray's uh, Fable. What do y'all think about the jockey game that's going on here that we have? Saez <laughs> comes off of Grace Fable, off of, uh, you know, yeah. giving that perfect run to that, uh, that Brian Lynch horse last time. Or I guess it was Roger Atfield last, last time. Brian Lynch is now listed as trainer. Yeah. Getting on um, like the king. And we have Leperoo, who uh, was on admission office and getting on <laughs> um, field pass, all this sort of stuff going on. You guys pay much attention to that? Go ahead, Paul or Pete. I, I pay too much attention to it, Kevin, to be very honest with you. Yeah. Uh, although I like it when, when it's multiple moves in the same race, I'm more inclined to just say, okay, forget, forget about it. But uh, I would say this about like the king, Kevin. Uh, they finally got him doing what he probably should have been doing all along. You look at this horse's running lines, and is this the classic case of people getting derby fever with a three-year-old? when they had no right to, you know, you know, we understand you, everyone wants to be in the Derby, yeah. but you know, this right. horse, uh, it, I, and I know an 80 to one shot one this year, I get it, but <laughs> this horse was probably an underlay at 50 to one last year, you know, coming off the, uh, no respect to the Jeff Ruby stakes stakes. Uh, but I, so I, I do think Kevin, that, that this is what the horse should be doing, right. Running about this distance on turf. So uh, yeah. I will be using him upon your recommendation. Yeah, seems like it could be a good shot here. Uh, Kevin, by the way, I know you don't see him in my top three, but I do have this horse as a B as in boy. I think he's fascinating. Um, I do have him. Um, I'm not – you made a very good point to replay. I'm not sure he actually had the acceleration to get through the hole. That's my only – if I didn't nitpick yes. the replay. It's like he was that good. He would have been quicker through the hole. Maybe he's more of a grindy type. But I think yeah. he's interesting. Um, Pete, talk about interesting. Uh, Pete, let me just say this right out front. I love – love your selection in this race. Your top choice and my top choice could very well be a win bet play in the podcast pool. I love this horse. I don't want to steal your thunder. What is it you like about Floriform? No, I'm sure we're thinking about some of the same stuff. One thing, I, the one thing I did like is sort of, I just wrote in my note upside where I thought this one, we don't know yet what this one is. So I think this one has a good deal of upside potentially. So like two back when you watch, and that was off of, off a super long layoff. I mean, you're talking April to February, whatever that 10 months, whatever that yeah. comes out to be. 
and was actually making 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 ground on get smoking off a layoff like that. And Cheryl Spite was just a monster in that race and, and sort of just yeah. buried that field. So I don't yeah. even consider I don't even really consider him in that. But just sort of was was actually gaining on get smoking, who had a, a little bit of a better trip. And then the I last one, the last race even more. Oh, I did. No, no that's right exactly here. what I was going to say. Yeah, the Go last ahead, one. And there were two next out winners that came out. So yeah. it was a decent field for an allowance. One, I think, came back with a 93 buyer, which sort of fits in this field. So and, and this horse can obviously run around a 94. Or some. So, I, I mean, I just I think this horse has more to them. And I love when a horse comes back from like three to four, especially, and, and pops a buyer top. And this one popped a 94, yeah. which was He's a nice jump buyer on top. Silks here. This was a slow pace and it was yep. a decent field. And I know we got a good trip, but I really liked his acceleration a lot, Pete. That oh, I loved ran, it. Running right here, I mean, he's still got a few lengths to make up, and he went right by these horses very professionally. I think his upside is huge. Yeah, what about this exactly. end here, how he comes over on everybody. What do you think about this? You know, go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm, I, I'm just agreeing with you. I, I just love the way he yeah, ran I, by them pretty easily. You know, I, I don't know, uh, Kevin. This is pure speculation on my point, and it's a valid point. I'm not sure how much, how, you know, how many times in his career he's really been in front. So I think once he got in front, he's like, oh wait, am I supposed to finish the job? And and Love, it didn't, you know? it didn't seem it didn't seem because of that. But I just thought that was a, a fun little part of the race there. Yeah, seven, it, it, Kevin, it seemed like that was more jockey intent as opposed to greenness, yeah. in my opinion, because yeah, once so. he went left-handed, he sort of straightened out a little bit. So um, it's a valid point, but in a way, I'm, I don't think that's a good thing. It just shows like, and the horse still won, you know, so I, I, I totally agree with everything Pete said. This is, I don't know if we're getting four to one, Pete, but if we're getting four to one in this horse, uh, a win bet is coming for the podcast. Well, I love this horse. He's got to work out a trip. Um, there's just horses in here that don't have the upside like this two has. And um, I, I like this horse. I don't really have too much to add. Um, he's got to handle this Churchill Downs turf. Kevin, I'll just let you finish out the conversation of this race. This Churchill Downs, where they spent $10 million on this new turf course, I know the spring was crappy in, in Kentucky as it was in the Midwest. They got a lot of rain. The inside of this turf course, even when it's been like drying out, has been absolutely awful. Do you have any take on how the turf, it's, it's, been, it's getting hotter now. Um, it's drying out. Um, I'm assuming you watch a lot of Churchill races. Just the inside has been a complete black hole on a lot of these uh, turf races. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been fading horses, you know, um, who are front runners in that regard. But I think it is changing a little bit. I think they are getting fixed okay. out. Yeah, fixed up. I think Jamie does a good job there. But yeah, I mean, when I was there for the uh, the Derby, I mean, James Graham came back. He's like, there was no traction. His horse just couldn't get traction on the inside and just couldn't couldn't dig in. So it just felt like. Uh, you know, it wasn't rooted. It wasn't like a full, you know, uh, dirt root sort of like situation that you really can yeah. uh, have some push and cushion with. So uh, uh, hopefully it's uh, getting itself worked out. But, yeah, that's that's been a big uh, knock and, and a good angle to play and also a good way to, to look at these horses going forward. Yeah. By the way, just for the record, I'm not really blaming the, the supers at all. Just I know the weather was really bad in the spring and it's a new course. Right. They're They're trying to figure out exactly how to maintain it as well. Uh, Pete, we're going to have you go first here in the next leg. This is leg three. This is the Aristides, who is a fantastic sprinter himself. Um, it's for older males. This is a nice field of eight. You've got the morning line favorite is number five, Bob's Edge, for Larry Jones and uh, Bishiza. And uh, who do you like here, Pete? Yeah, I went with the five. Unfortunately, that one came up as the favorite. I did my handicapping pre 
pre-morning yeah. line. So I, yeah. I was hoping to maybe not get that one as the favorite, even though I assumed it would be. But I, this is another one where I'm sort of repeat myself here, where I thought coming from three to four came back and and went from running you know high eighty buyers as a as a three year old to popping a ninety seven, then followed that up in a grade three with a ninety eight. And then last week, you know, regressed buyer wise a little bit and didn't run the best race. But again, it was in the slop and it's against Jackie's Warriors. So when Jackie's Warriors in the race, you know, anything could happen because they're not catching him. And then I don't worry too much about that. It's not like he ran terrible. I mean, he he was five wide. He closed a little bit. So I thought that was a, a respectable race. And this is an easier spot. And then. The one thing, two, two back, I noted that actually beat three next out winners who ran 92, 94, and 100 buyers next out. So been running against some decent fields, and I think, again, this one just has some upside and seems to have improved from three to four. Yeah, Bob's Edge is probably the best closer in this race. Paul, you have an interesting opinion here. You have a horse that none of us uh, – actually, uh, Kevin and I, looks like, have in – third i believe but you're with this horse on top who's got some big back numbers the question is can miles ahead run on a track that is different than gulfstream i think that's the main question with the two what say you paul that's a good question howard isn't it and and i i'm willing i'm going to go on pay-per-view i'm going to pay to get that question answered (laughs) okay um you know i i think the horse is in good form. I do. I did like that back number one hundred two, and it was only two races ago. I, I'm just gonna, you know, the last race. I'm gonna just gonna attribute it to the, you know, that's a real ship across the country, and yeah. uh, you know that that's different from shipping to Saratoga or to uh, Churchill. Um, you know, Paul McGee is uh, is steady. Um, I think this horse is going to the lead from from where he is. Uh, I know the six, six who I picked second has some speed. I think he's in the best form. Of, I picked a third, actually, best form of his career. I, I picked a three to get in the middle as a as a closer. But yeah, I I, I think in this race at this distance, uh, uh, this is uh, Kevin mentioned about liking horses who like a distance. Seven for ten with a second at six furlongs. Um, you know, again, I think Paul McGee is a little underrated. I think he knows what he's doing. And I think this horse has a chance to wire the field. Um, if he runs anything close to that 102, I, I don't think he needs a 102 to win this, but anything close to it will. So that's why I went with him. And, Paul, you've got Pyron, which is an interesting horse, another uh, price here in for second. Um, has got, you know, has been on turf throughout that last race, but, you know, has run okay on dirt also. Yeah, well, I, out of respect to Kevin, he's coming out of the fairgrounds, so I wanted to be <laughs> go. a good host and uh, welcome our guest to the Kevin, show. Kevin and, knows uh, this horse very well. Kevin, very yeah. briefly, can you first talk about Paul McGee? I'm going to put us on screen here. Talk a little about Paul McGee. I'm assuming you've met him, and and he's an, he's an underage trainer, as Paul said. And talk a little about – I know you don't have Pyron in your picks, but talk, talk about this horse that you've seen in the fairgrounds. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, Paul. I've never met him, but if, I, if oh, I'm correct, I'm he's Marty's okay. brother. Is that correct? Correct. Marty yes. Yes, yeah, yes. Marty did not pick him on top. I don't know what that means, but uh, he, <laughs> he didn't He didn't put him in his top three. I just looked at that just thinking. But I, I do like um, this horse, and I, but I do think that one question you asked is, is a question that keeps me from, from really uh, getting too excited about miles ahead is can he win other places? Yeah. Does he like that short stretch? You know, a big yeah. question in this uh, race is who's going to get the lead? I mean, none of these horses really want it completely and we've seen some really good 
of efforts by Top Gunner in terms of uh, relaxing off the pace recently. And I feel like that's the preferred way to go. But maybe that's going to be the, the way that we're going to see it with the Top Gunner going for it. But, you know, miles ahead looks really good in here. I think he, you know, has thrown in uh, some clunkers and bounced right back. So that doesn't concern me. Um, of course, he's bounced back at uh, at Gulfstream. And then Pyron is, is a great horse. I just don't know what happened last time. Really just a horse that finds it late and just comes with it. I mean, but similar to Bob's Edge. So yeah. I think you're going to kind of want to think about, uh, um, you know, those two coming late. I'm not sure if they're going to have enough pace to close into, but they really do have amazing turn of foot for dirt horses. So they're exciting horses to watch. Alstall struggling for sure at uh, – at Churchill, just that one win there. I don't think he got one today either. I think he had uh, Old Foe was maybe his best shot today. I don't think he got that one, right? No, um, it was faded, Kevin. He was right there. He faded in the stretch a little bit. Faded in the stretch. So, Kevin, you know, Kevin, I, mean, I don't know if you saw, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know if you saw the scroll on the bottom of the screen, but Kevin, great minds think of life here, sir. We're, we're, go, we're both going 6-5-2. And I, I got to say, I don't know if Top Gunner is the most talented horse in this race. But like you said, Kevin, where's the speed in this race? I mean, unless miles ahead goes, which he might, the two, this horse looks either as loose as he wants to be or Relu can just sit off the two. Like, I have a hard time believing, Kevin, if the six breaks, he's not getting a great trip. Like, it's very hard for me to envision this horse not getting a great trip. He's in he's in fine form. He's working out well. Um I see no reason seven to two to me would be a complete ridiculous price. I don't think he's the best. I think Bob's edge is probably the best horse, but again, he's a dead closer in a race with not a lot of speed in it. That just does not bode well uh, for me, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I could see, um, I could see long range toddy with Saez and Dallas Stewart. They could just uh, take a shot by going for the lead from that outside mm -hmm. spot. And that could cause some troubles. Um, Top gunner is definitely going up in class facing a tough field. But the, yeah. the effort last time was great. It was fantastic. I talked to Ray Lou after that, and he definitely was trying to stay off the rail. The, the dirt rail was really a bad place mm -hmm. to be on those first few days at Churchill's yeah. that that week. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, people were just sinking in it. So he stayed wide throughout, was able to get a perfect trip, yeah. and he did a little race riding at the end there to, to keep Tulane Tris from, from coming up on him there. But was that Oak State, Kevin, or is that the Thursday before the Derby? Was that Thursday? I think it was, was the Thursday Oaksday? before the, on the 5th. Okay. By the way, Tulane Triss is a nice horse. It's not like he beat a bunch of tomato cans in that race. No, Tulane, Tulane Triss is, is a great horse. Um, yeah. You know, fantastic as Sharita Bow and has, has looked good, yeah. run against good foes. You know, I think there's been some tough company down there um, in Oaklawn, but still nothing like he's going to see today. But Ray Lou's definitely yeah. due for a win. Just uh, I don't think he's won since that, uh, that, that effort on Top Gunner, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, he's a great jockey. He'll he'll get back. I'm not worried about that. Hey, Let's Howard, go on the next. Yeah. Oh, oh, real quick, I was going to say not to tout our uh, yeah. our stats of the day that you send out with the yeah with the, with the blog, but there's some there's some excellent stats on Top Gunner. I won't spoil any of them, but there's some oh, excellent ones it. that'll that'll that put a definite positive spin on Top Gunner. Hey Pete, we do have a, a handful of uh, people. I don't know if they're watching tonight, but just very very briefly, can you talk about? the stats of the week you're referring to because uh, the race day blog has also exploded. Again, highly recommend people check out the race day blog, especially because it's the beginning of the month now. So now is a perfect time to subscribe to the race day blog and information is below 
uh, the video player. But Pete, tell a little bit about what you're doing for the blog real quick. Yeah, just starting last week, we decided to, so, you know, a lot of times if we're using DRF form later, you can, you can sort of drill down into the, into the trainer stats. And we, and we like to talk about some of them on the podcast, but they, you know, they get a little dry sometimes. So we don't like to, we don't like to overdo it. So we decided to, what I would do is for the races that, or for the, I should say the tracks and the sequences that that Howard is going to cover in the race day blog. I'll also provide the stats that I dig up. And again, it's one of those where they're not, and, and there's sort of a little disclosure in there for everyone. They're not meant to sway you one way or the other. They're not meant to suggest this horse is a throw out or this horse is a winner. It's just meant to say, Hey, in case you don't have the time to dig into the stats or, in, or if you just missed something, here's some stuff that pertains to the race. I try and use it as detailed as possible to the race, sometimes small sample sizes, but it's just more information. So it's basically the way how we say it is just more data points. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to juggle between, Hey, I'm down to these three, maybe there's something in the statistical standpoint that, that pushes one over the edge or drops one off the table. So you'll see that with the race day blog from now on. Yeah, Pete, you're doing a great job with that, and we we mm-hmm. all appreciate your efforts. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with this race, guys, because I have one of these another sort of wacky uh, opinion in this race that I know a lot of people are going to disagree with, and that's absolutely fine because I'm not I'm not unwilling to take some stabs. This is the Blame Stakes. What a great horse! I just saw Blame actually Claiborne uh, last month. Um, and it beat a horse that Pete, we don't want to talk about. But anyway, Pete doesn't want to talk about that race. <laughs> uh, big fan of that other, uh, the, the Z horse, the Nyata. Uh, anyway, this is a mile and eight. This is for older horses. And there is a headliner in this race. The number eight on the bottom of the screen there. American Revolution, first off the layoff. A very, very nice horse. Won the Cigar Mile last year. Again, first start in 2022 for Pletcher and Drew. Eight to five morning line. And as everyone can see on the screen, I'm going to give you my opinion, and then, of course, I'll let uh, everyone else here on the show talk. Here's my opinion. Uh, I'm not breaking any 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 news here by saying that American Revolution, who I'm bringing on the screen here, is absolutely the horse to beat. No one has the numbers of American Revolution. He's run three races above 100 last year as a three-year-old. Now he's a four-year-old. I mean, he's a very nice horse. I'm going to put, myself on, put all of us on screen just for emphasis of what I believe here. This is absolutely the horse to beat. This horse might win by 10. So I'll just, full disclosure, I might say that. But there's a few things that people, that I have some, people need to take caution with. That again, you may agree with me or disagree, but these are absolute facts that I'm about to present to you. American Revolution was supposed to run in the commentator. What's the commentator? The commentator was restricted for New York Breads. It was, it was run, it was supposed to run on Memorial Day uh, this, this past week in New York. The problem is the race didn't fill everyone. It didn't fill. They only had three horses. It didn't fill. That was a one-turn mile race, of course, named after commentator. Uh, but we're getting an echo, guys. I'm not sure who that's from. Can you guys? I hear it. Okay, anyway. Yep. I'll, I'll keep talking. You, do you guys hear an echo? Or is that just yeah, I, I hear it. Yep. This happened last time, right? Uh, now I don't hear an echo. Yeah, it's gone. All right. All right, I don't know, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, see if you chime back in, maybe. Anyway, I'll keep talking. Kevin, go ahead. You can chime back in. We'll see what happens here. You can put your mic back on if you want to get back on. Is um, it back on? I was speaking. Um, I just muted it. Yeah. Good? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just go ahead and keep it mu- muted for a little bit, Kevin. Thanks. Anyway, American Revolution uh, was supposed to run in a mile race. This is not the intended spot for this horse. Now, does that mean he's going to lose? No. He might run off the screen. 
But he was supposed to run in a mile race. This is a mile and eighth, and he'd ship him to Churchill, a track he's never been to and he's never worked on. Those, And he's off a big layoff. If you're going to be an American Revolution, today is the day. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, the other obvious choice is the six, Scalding, who I was actually saw, I'll go ahead and go full screen now, who uh, Scalding is a horse that I saw in person at Keeneland that actually liked in the Ben Ali and ran very well. This is an upcoming horse who's got speed. I've got this horse second. I think he figures this at a very nice trip. Um, I'm slightly concerned with the work pattern. I don't know what the deal is, but when he raced in, at Keeneland on the 23rd, if you look at the bottom of the screen, the work pattern, he didn't work again for three weeks, and it worked really slow. His And then he worked, you know, okay the last uh, two times ago and last time really slow. Maybe he's just a slow workhorse. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. This horse can win, but I, I'm a little bit skeptical because of the work pattern. Again, I could be completely wrong. The horse that I'm very, very interested in here, and I, I need more than 92, is number five, Dynamic One, the other Pletcher. I wanted to show the start of the Ben Ali. Now, this race is the same race that Scalding won, but watch the four horse here, who's Dynamic One at the start. Um, he broke a little slow, and he got slightly pinched. Now, right there, he broke slow, and he got pinched. And right here, he's already you know several lengths back. Now, this is not a fast horse out of the gate. I'm not going to show the rest of the race. He's not a fast horse out of the gate, but he just ran his best race, guys. He just ran a 95. He's a four-year-old. I think he's improving. If Tyler G, I'm going to go, last thing I'm going to say, if Tyler G can find a way to get this horse out of the gate and he can be closer to the pace, this is a talented horse. He's very grindy. American Revolution, I'm not sold, is going to run his best race. I think American Revolution is going to run a race in the 90s. And Scalding just came off his best effort. I know there's a lot of ifs there. I'm fascinated with this horse. I think he's interesting. I don't think he's impossible. Uh, Kevin, you've got the eight on top, who is obviously the horse to beat. And then you have another horse coming out of that race, Proxy, in second. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, is my echo okay, or is it... Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine now. Go ahead. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah, well, that explains why we have Drew on American Revolution and Saez on Proxy, which I was curious about. It's because Saez probably was already booked to ride Proxy, exactly. thinking that American Revolution wasn't going to be in this race. Exactly. And here's the situation Fletcher's in, right? Does that make sense? Why else would Saez get off this amazing uh, four-year-old, yeah. right, with the, with the season to come? Um, yeah, it's, it's just so hard to argue with uh, those eye-popping uh, speed figures, you know? And it's, you know, we're going to – everybody's going to have American revolution except for Howard maybe in the pick five. Are you going to use them at all? Or are you just going to fade yeah, them? No, 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 no. I'm using all three as A's as of right now. I'm actually yeah. using them equally, which I know sounds a little bit weird, but that's what I'm. Yeah. We can talk right about now. that with, with bed structure for sure. We'll but talk about this it. Yeah, has just impressed me every time, every time he goes to the track yeah. and I just don't have any doubt that he will um, again here. And proxy was, you know, it's, it's, I'm concerned that proxy is, um, taking the step down in terms of not being in a graded stake. Um, Stidham is, is, you know, he hasn't been doing quite as well as maybe he has in past years. And, but Proxy looked great coming back at fairgrounds, really ran well. Um, Treasury was, a, you know, just a, a super fast horse that ran a couple good races in a row there. That was a good beat there. And came in second, two links behind Olympiad. I think Proxy still has more to show us. Uh, might be a little bit uh, short price there for nine to two. Um, but might be an interesting one underneath. I, I don't want to use him on top, but I was a little bit 
more interested in him when I thought the Saez was uh, was jumping over here because he thought this was the one to be on going forward. But now that you're you're telling the full story, then uh, my opinion fades there for sure. Uh, Paul and Pete, we don't, I don't think we need to take too long. I don't want to give you guys short well, script. We we just talked about the three horses that you guys have. Paul, I'll let you go first. Anything you'd like to – any angle or something you want to talk about that we didn't mention? Yeah, t- two things. One, on American Revolution, Howard, I, I, I get your point about where they wanted to run him, but just know this, that he, he won the Albany, which is a New York bread stakes, uh, the day before the Travers last year. I happened to cover that race for the special. And, and yeah. talking to Elliot Walden after the race, they were very, very close to putting this horse in the Travers uh, – last year which would have been a, a, a huge swing yeah but i remember that they, actually they, yeah. they would he said and immediately after that race he said we're going to go to the pennsylvania derby next we're going to open company next so yeah uh, you know i'm not that concerned about that and as far as dynamic one um i so i too saw him in person how i saw him win the slowest wood memorial in history <laughs> last year yeah. um i thought he ran well last time i i think if you're hoping he is going to be close or uh, closer early, uh, I just think there's too big of a sample. The, the horse just does not run early. Uh, yeah. This he they ran it. They, they did in the Travers. Uh, they try to run him a, a little early. Figure you know a mile and a quarter, and of course yeah. he was just so far out of his league with essential quality and midnight bourbon and those guys. But uh, I, I just think. If there's not a, a, a legitimate pace for him to run into, regardless of how long the race is, he is severely compromised. Now, for your sake, you may get it. I, I think, I just think American Revolution is a superior race horse. And of course, I'm oh. picking the New York bread, Howard. You know that. <laughs> oh, make, make, again, make no mistake about it, Paul and everyone else. American Revolution is by far the horse to beat and by far the best horse in this race. This is probably a prep for the, for the Suburban, I would think, Paul, right? I, I, I would guess. You would think so. That, right. I mean, that would make sense. Uh, you know, and, and I think that, you know, my guess is that the Whitney would be the, the target, which I certainly hope it is. I'll be there to see that. Um, but you you would think that uh, with a horse like this, uh, you know, as long as he continues to progress in open company, uh, this is a good test, though. This is a two-turn test open company against good horses. Pete, anything you'd like to add? No, I'll just say a couple quick things with American Revolution. I do I agree with you 100%. If you're going to beat them though, this is the time. I mean, you do have yeah. the you do have the layoff, you do have like you said the sort of the race switch shipping to a new track. So, if you're going to take the shot, it, you just wish that maybe there was a little bit more in the rest of the field, but I do have as we'll again to, to reference the the stats of the day sheet, we have a, a pretty negative stat against American Revolution if you're looking for a, a chink in the armor. And then just to touch on a couple of the other ones, I really like Dynamic well, One. Pete, you know, let, oh, well, yeah. hold on, Pete. Let's not let, let's. Let, I know we want to let. You know, I know I want people to subscribe to the race day blog, but if there's some inching sale, let's let's throw out that one if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw out that one. So Todd Pletcher, <laughs> um, in stakes dirt route races at Churchill Downs, he's two wins, eleven in the money out of forty-two starts, so five percent. Five percent wow. win, twenty six percent in the money. So again, if if you're looking for something that maybe you could say, hey, maybe this just isn't his place. He's not great in these types of races here. I mean, two out of forty two. It's not a tiny sample size. It's pretty. It's a pretty. No. It's a well, pretty Pete, most of them. Pete, most of them are the Derby. He has more yeah. Derby <laughs> than anyway. hey, that, That's a valid. Take the Derby actually, out of that, and he's probably like thirty percent. You know, actually, what? you know what, Pete? I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to let Kevin. 
talk about that stat real quick. I, Pete, I don't know if you can just if you can quickly look at that and see how yeah. many were are non derby horses. But Kevin, that's a fascinating stat, though, isn't it? Say it to me one more time. What was the stat again? Pete, go ahead one more time. It was a uh, Pletcher in, in dirt route races at Churchill Downs in stakes dirt route races at Churchill Downs. He was like two for 42, two wins, 11 in the money out of 42 starts. It's got to be Derby. It's got to be all Derby. Right? Hey, you know what? Yeah. The Derby counts as races, man. <laughs> no, it definitely, it definitely does. <laughs> That's many, fascinating. Has That's he lost, but you know, is he 30 or something like yeah. that? That he's that he that he hasn't won with or close to 40, but still Actually, he, doesn't, so, he doesn't come here much then if, if it's all derby, you know, that he's doing these dirt routes with. I and, mean, in all in all honesty, if I if I do it by if I do it without the stakes angle, it's still five for 67, 7%. And you're talking wow, a bunch of maiden special weights, just a bunch of other greatest stakes. Yeah, there's a bunch of derbies in there, but it's not 62 it's not, derby starters, Pete. 62 derby 62. starters. I mean, no, that's interesting. In- and he's only two of 27 so far this meet, you know? I mean, this is all yeah. this is all good stuff for, for baiting this horse. I don't know. I like it. And we're going to move on, guys. I made a promise that to, to everyone that we're going to be, you know, sticking to time and everything. But, again, we all agree American Revolution is a horse to beat. I think he, I, I think there are some reasons to maybe play against on Saturday. We'll see. Let's go to last race, guys. Kevin, you're going to talk about this. This, I think, is probably the toughest race of the entire sequence. And and so we'll we'll take guys. I'll tell you what. If we don't have time to go through the our, our tickets in detail, we won't. Because I'd rather go through this handicapped race rather than talk 15 minutes about ticket instruction. Frankly, we can go to 9:20. But anyway, uh, this is the Autobahn. This is uh, for three-year-olds restricted. A mile and eighth on the turf. It's a big field. It's a field of 11. So I'm going to go full screen here. And the morning line favorite. Uh, is the seven, I believe. No, sorry, it's the two, Grand Sonata for Gaffleone and Pletcher. Kevin, you're going with a horse that's on the outside that uh, is another Pletcher horse trying turf for the first time, Major General. Yeah, there's two horses I like in here at a price, the 11 and the four. And, you know, of course, I'm trying to think of this this ticket structure here and trying to find prices after coming out of American Revolution and Pauline's Pearl. But uh, it's yeah. our first time going on the turf, a constitution, no more lemons. Um, this makes sense to me pedigree wise. Um, here we are with Todd Fletcher again, though, right? But now we're getting onto the onto the turf here. That effort to back into Lexington um, was sensational. I mean, definitely didn't get the win that day, but I think it uh, is enough to compete with this field. But then that Pat Day Mile was abysmal. So I am confused about Major General, but I think that's going to help, gonna help us get a price. There was just no only excuse I can think with Major General, what he, he was with Jack Christopher and Papa Cap, you know, chasing them. He just said, those dudes are awesome. I can't <laughs> hang. I'm just going to go back. But I read he even continued to ask um, Major General a little bit at the end there, too. So it wasn't like he just eased them up um, as I read, you know, he, he's he's want to do. So um, it could be a good angle here. I love Brian Hernandez Jr. I think he's one of the most underrated jockeys around. Um, I do think that he'll be sent into the front from out here. He's he's very dangerous on the front. He knows how to win um, well out there. Um, but then that number four as well, play action pass. Um, Corey Lannery is going to get up. This is a horse that uh, did a lot of running on that bad turf rail that we mentioned before and was still able to get that win. They were all out wide um, in that last trip early, and then uh, play action pass kind of got stuck down on it. Fought off a horse on the inside, fought off a horse on the outside. The speed figure is not too impressive, but uh, at 20 to 1, I'm really interested in play action pass as well. You know what's fascinating about this horse is uh, 
Uh, Pete like, might, may, may like this horse a little bit too because he's got a crazy opinion and this and play action pass is coming out of the same race. So maybe you guys mm. are seeing the same thing. Real quick, there's two questions that I want to uh, uh, in the chat real quick. Um, a from A Roth wants to know if Saez was fired. He's just trying to get more. I don't think Saez was fired at all, A Roth. And Ralph Conti, Pete, this is interesting. We might want to consider this. Ralph, thanks for joining the show. Maybe putting your blog out on Friday nights, let people have more time to look at the sheet. That's actually interesting, Pete. You and I will talk about that because uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that or not in terms of your schedule. But that would that would work for the that way. Hey, Ralph, that would work for the races definitely that we cover on the show. So for the for the Thursday show races for sure, because I usually have it done for that. It may be the second card is usually something I'm finishing up Friday night, but could always send it okay. out after I'm done. But we can, yeah, we can. Howard and I will, will definitely consider that yeah. for sure. Hey, Pete, this is a great time to transition to your picks because you have a 30 to one shot. I had to double. I'm assuming this is correct, right, Pete? A 30 yeah, to one yeah. shot on top. And guess who the five Kido Dan lost to last time, Kevin? You ready? Play action pass. So, gonna, so you guys hit the exact, like, Kev. Let's hit let's this exact. Let's, let's, let's hit Pete, this. Convince us why we should put this 31 in our pick five or even on top from that matter. Well, uh, just uh, this was one where I thought the race was pretty wide open. I thought even. But the one thing I liked about that last race is I just thought like play action pass ran a nice race, but play action pass also, I just didn't think he's run against much and neither the, neither has the five actually, but I liked that the five, I just thought he got a little bit of a crappy ride by Santana where when they hit, when they, when they turn for home, he sort of was stuck behind a horse instead of just sort of swinging this horse out wide and just getting a nice straight, even path. And I think this horse would have won and then it would have looked a lot better. Now, again, the figures are low. So I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not understating the fact that I think the figures are low, but the figures in here for the other horses, even the favorites, they're not that high. I mean, you're talking what? 80, 81 is, is what's the tops? 80, 81 yeah. is probably the top figures. 83 for smoke and tea. 83 for smoke and tea. And I have some issues with smoke and tea, but the, <laughs> I, I, it's just one of those where I don't think this horse has to take a huge step up to get okay. to that. So okay. it's one, when I saw it at 30 to one, I was like, you know, I'll take it. I think there is, if I remember correctly, looking at the pace, there's not a ton of speed, but I mean, as long as you get a little bit of a pace up front, hopefully we can get a couple, I think major general, I think it might help because I feel like major general has to leave because that's when he does his best running. Yeah. So if yeah. he leaves summer Anthem leaves, maybe that sort of heats the pace up just a little bit just enough to get, you know, so it's not a plotting. We're not going 50 to the half kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm hoping I, for a little bit. And then I, let's take a shot with a bomber here. Yeah, I'll tell you, you, Dan, also Brisnet wise is a top speed uh, performer. Got a 92 back in the top of the, of the field is a 93, 94. So yep. uh, makes sense. Rush away, this, this you're talking about the rush away, Kevin, the two back with the five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul, I mean, look at the bottom of the screen, guys. We are all over. We're, I was less laughing at that. I'm like, what do we have? Like, we probably have about yeah, nine I, voices, And I haven't we? gotten my crazy, wacky, probably incorrect <laughs> picks yet. Uh, Paul, you like Grand Sonata. This is a really consistent horse for Pletcher and Gaffleone. Uh, has been close in some great threes. Yeah, although I, I will say, listening and looking at our picks, it, it clearly looks like a spread race. And having the yeah. favorite in a spread race is pretty much almost never the the right idea. Uh, you know, I do think Side Dog was really running well and to, to be three quarters of a length off of Side Dog last time in the Transylvania, I thought was a good effort. You know, this this horse is in it likes to mix it up, right? He wins by a head, wins by a neck, 
loses by three quarters. Uh, Tyler is his regular rider, rode him at Gulfstream, riding him here. Um, you know, so I, 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 all you need to know about the race is the morning line favorite is seven to two. <laughs> That's yeah. him. So yeah. I don't, I, I don't think anyone's going to be too low in this race. And, uh, I will certainly be using uh, Pete's uh, bomber now that uh, you mentioned it. Kevin, you know, I looked at Major General myself, and, you know, Constitution's obviously a good turf sire, but, you know, Nomo Lemon is an unraced uh, mare who yeah. has, has yeah. no sibs. So there's, there's, I just couldn't, you know, there's just, there's no pedigree on the damn side, turf or turf. So, but, you know, Constitution is a, a, a pretty good turf influence. I, I just, uh, I was hoping to find some on the dam side, and I couldn't. Yeah, you're uh, right. I'm looking at that. No more lemons. Nothing. You're right. Yeah, guys, I have a pretty strong opinion in this race, and that is, I'm absolutely price shopping. And Kevin, I, I love you like a brother from another mother. But if 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 Major General wins this race, I will be absolutely freaking shocked. I understand that he could get the lead and wire the field. This horse does not really have turf breeding. This seems this this to me strikes a, a pure desperation by Pletcher, just saying I'm just gonna take a chance and throw him on. T-. Like I hate Major General. If this horse wins, I don't know what to say. I really like the three here quite a bit, guys. Tallahatchie Bridge. Now the last race he lost the speaking scout. Just for time, I'm not gonna show the replay. Peel can watch it. I'll go full screen here. Tallahatchie Bridge wants distance. He probably wants more than mile and eighth. He, I know Safi Joseph has not been good outside of Gulfstream, but this horse ran well at Keenan last time. He was on the inside. He stayed on the inside. He finally got room. He had a ton of run. He was closing best by far. Speaking Scout, who's the nine in this race, got a dream trip on the outside and, and was able to hang on. <clears throat> Excuse me, Tallahatchie Bridge was absolutely coming. The horse is working well. There's more speed in this race. I am fascinated. And by the way, how sentimental would this be, guys? Because these are owned by the Ramseys, and unfortunately, Sarah Ramsey, if you didn't hear, um, uh, Ken Ramsey's wife, longtime um, uh, partner, passed away earlier this week at the age, of, I believe, of 83. So our condolences to the Ramsey family. But that would be quite the emotional win for Tallahatchie Bridge if, if he can uh, pull this off. And the other horse that I like is the eight, which, again, I'm not going to show the replay. The eight is Summer Anthem, who I think will sit right off your eleven. Kevin, this horse, you know, sat off a runaway speed last time, won well. This is a new horse for Michael Maker, who's just going to move this horse up, has been working well, is lightly raced, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think Summer Anthem is fascinating here as well. So as I put us all full screen here and go go to our pick five, go price shopping, folks. Even Paul would admit that, who has the two on top. But we didn't see the prices before. Um, if you like Major Eternal, go for it. Pete's got a crazy idea with the five. Kevin likes the four. I've got the three and eight. Go price shopping. It's a wide open race. Guys, let's get into our pick fives. And I have to remember that we have do we do have people listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course Anchor as uh, replays later in this week. So I will read the picks. I'm gonna, Kevin will go first here. I'm going to take off the banner. Let's take everything else off the screen. Here's our pick fives. These are caveman pick fives, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to read them first. You guys have literally about two minutes to go through your general thoughts on ticket construction here. Kevin Kilroy in his pick five. It's a $90 ticket. He's going three, five, six. Excuse me. He's going five, signaling the five Pauline's Pearl with three, five, six, with two, three, four, five, six, with the eight which is American Revolution with two, three, four, 
8, 10, 11. Again, 5 with 3, 5, 6. With 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. With 8. With 2, 3, 4, 8, 10, 11. Kevin, you have two singles in your uh, caveman ticket. Yeah, I think this maps, you know, a lot of the ways that you all were thinking about these races too. You know, spreading in this last race, um, trying to be alive to a price. I do agree that maybe having that uh, two in there, the favorite, is not the right idea, but it's just so hard to fade that uh, Grand Sonata. Um, leading on my opinions with Pauline's Pearl and American Revolution, trying to maximize that. This is the dollar price is 90. I think it's, it's 50 cents, though, right? At Churchill is, is the, the bare minimum there. So just trying to get, uh, you know, um, alive to the will pays at the last leg here and try to get one of these bombs to come in. Cause I do think we'll get a price coming in here. Yeah. And uh, as, as I'm talking about, I do think I should fade the grand Sonata, maybe even just add another one there in the, in the second leg. Cause that does seem like anybody could get it. We didn't even talk about admissions office. Wow. That horse though, you know, he's run some good races could get yeah, in there. So we, we probably should. He's coming off a long, by the way, I, I have to you want to get skinny in a couple of these and maybe the smart thing to do is, you know, like I think Howard, you're kind of, you're, you're going that direction is just to, uh, get skinny in some of the, the spread legs, right? So you can really uh, grab some of the value in these other <laughs> How do you know what I was thinking about? Going to do? <laughs> I learned uh, like, like, my, like my early voting single in the Freakness, maybe, guys. Um, by the way, did you guys see this comment? I mean, racing downwind. As a poker player myself also, good luck, man. You are living the dream. I'd love to have a seat at the World Series of Poker. I don't think that's the main event. Racing downwind, I'm, if you know poker, he's trying to qualify, I believe, for the main event. But racing downwind, uh, good luck, man, in Vegas. That's awesome. Um, so, Kevin, you're going with two singles. Uh, they're two very likely winners, I have to say. So, no no shade thrown you know, your way from me, for sure. Uh, Paul, your pick five. Paul's got four, five with four, five, six, with two, four, six, with one, six, eight, with two, seven, ten. Again, four, five with four, five, six, with two, four, six, with one, six, eight, with two seven ten, with a very uh, convenient, nicely budgeted under one hundred dollar bet of eighty one dollars. Paul, thoughts on your ticket quickly? Yeah, it's probably an example in how you don't want to construct a ticket, so people should probably pay attention. To <laughs> All it. right, well, let's go on to Pete. Pete. Uh, only for ahead. the best. Only for we'll the best. People uh, no, Kevin's got the right idea with the construction. Um, you know, I, I, you're going to have to get two good prices. If both of those singles win, not not just one, um, so I, I would be I will not be playing a caveman. Well, I said that at Center and last week, and ironically, I hit it with a caveman uh, uh, on well both uh, Saturday and Monday. But um, the reason I did was the races that we thought were spread races. How I couldn't come up with any A's. I said, yeah. "There's no, I just can't lean on anyone other than more than another." So I'm just going to play a couple of cavemans and hope. But um, I, I do think that American Revolution will be the biggest lean for me. I, I'm probably more inclined, if I have to beat one of them, I'd be more inclined to try to get someone to beat Pauline's Pearl. Okay. Uh, by the way, Kevin, no pressure as our special guest tonight, but last week we had Billy Koch uh, from Little Red Feather Racing, the owner out there in California. He had the pick five, as did, where is he? Right down there, as did Paul. So Paul and Billy Koch. So uh, if we want to go off of trends, folks, definitely take Kevin's pick five because our, our guests have been on a roll. Hell yeah, let's get this hot streak going. Absolutely. Uh, Pete, Pete's pick five, four, five with one, two, four, with four, five, six. With six eight, with two three five eight nine. Again, Pete Visco is going four five with one two four, with four five six, 
with six eight with two three five eight nine. That's a ninety dollar ticket. I'm sure he conferred with his son Jackson when he put this ticket together. Uh, Pete, real yeah, quick, your nothing. thoughts on your ticket construction? <laughs> yeah, I did none of the work. It was all him for sure. Yeah, so I, I went the opposite. Where I think I agree with what sort of what Kevin did though. If you want to, if you want to do a ticket, maybe with the two singles and maybe go for sort of go a little skinnier somewhere else and go for a much higher denomination in case the two singles do come in, then that's yeah. where you make your money just for the, for the listeners and viewers. But for me, I thought Pauline's Pearl, it's not like she lays over the field. Like it's not like she has a super, super huge figure advantage over the rest of the field. So I figured at three to five, I think that was a bit too low. I figure army wife has some upside. And then again, American revolution, maybe you catch him just, maybe you catch him as a, this is one that's a stepping stone to a bigger, to bigger and better thing. So maybe you can beat him there. So if you can yeah. find one to do it, and then in those two, the second and third leg, you know, I, I think they're, they're not big fields, so I don't think you want to go too deep. And then that last leg I just think is wide open. We didn't even talk about the Chad Brown horse, the nine, no. who, I, who I think – who I think is 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 definitely. I, I thought he'd be the favorite. I was actually surprised when I saw him at nine to two. I'm not I'm not sure if that sticks or not, but I just think that's the one where maybe you catch the price. And if we do, like Howard and I were thinking, if you do beat the eight, if you do beat American Revolution or or Pauline's Pearl, at least one of them, then you potentially have a nice a nice chance to get a decent payout. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, now here's uh, the winning. I mean, here's my ticket, everyone. Uh, three, four, five, six with two, four, five with six, with five, six, eight, with two, three, seven, eight, nine. Again, my ticket is nine dollars. Three, four, five, six with two, four, five with six, with five, six, eight, with two, three, seven, eight, nine. Guys, my opinion here, you know, American Revolution and Pauline's Pearl. My opinion is they can win. But I just don't think they have to win. And I think if you want to get value, you got to single somewhere else. And I'm sending Top Gun. Is it Top Gunner? Is that the name of the six? I mean, yeah. he's lone speed on paper. He should get a great trip. I, I don't think that race is going to favor the closers. Otherwise, I'd have to go four or five deep again. I'm singling the six in the Aristides. I'm going to try to beat uh, those other favorites, but I have them. And then I have some interesting bombs also in the last race. Not bombs, but the three and eight I think are very interesting. So... Um, I'm just not convinced on Pauline's Pearl and American Revolution. Um, they obviously both can win. They're both great horses. They're both going to be favored, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's my pick. As we wrap up the show, guys, because uh, we're, the Celtics are about to beat the Warriors tonight, I'm assuming Paul believes here. Uh, that's Kevin, as our, uh, Kevin, as our special guest, really appreciate you coming again. By the way, everyone, I emailed Kevin about coming on, and literally within like 10 minutes, he's like, are you kidding? Of course. Like, I, we have best, so many great best invite in horse racing, Howard. I, I look for this in my mailbox every day. Yeah, I appreciate oh, you thinking of me. Well, we, you did a great job, Kevin. We'd love to have you on again. Of course, really uh, appreciate your help here. Any final thoughts on the pick five, on the maybe a Belmont Stakes pick you have? Anything you want, I'll let you close the show, Kevin. Yeah, I do. you know what? I think Rich Strike is going to win another race. Whether it's the Belmont, I'm not sure, but Rich Strike has got another <laughs> win okay. in him. I'll tell you what, I was watching him in the mornings when I was at Churchill. He looked, he looked amazing. I, like, I kick myself every time I think about the fact that yeah. I didn't use him. He looked amazing on the track. He loves to run. He, he acts up. He's crazy. He's immature. But uh, you might be able to get it done in the Belmont. That might be a way to go. Yeah, the Belmont's be fascinating. And, again, I'm, I'm not going to show the promotional, but if, you, if you're just listening to us now or you didn't catch the beginning, please go back to the first 10 minutes of the show next week, Monday. Are you ready? Lafitte Pinkai. 
the Lafitte Pinkai Jr. is going to be here on the HHH Racing Podcast along with Phil Gleaves. Wednesday, David Aragona for the Friday card. Thursday, cross our fingers, don't guarantee, cross our fingers if it works out. Um, Anthony Stabile, the big A, making his first appearance for the Belmont card. HHH Racing Podcast has Belmont Stakes Week covered like a glove. I want to thank everyone for watching the show tonight. It's been fantastic. Hopefully you're going to crush that uh, pick five on Saturday at Churchill Downs. For Kevin Kilroy, Pete Visco, and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for watching episode 144 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good luck with your best this weekend. We'll see you on Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, with Lafitte Pinkai Jr. and Philip Gleaves. It's Belmont Stakes Week next week. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Good night. Good night.